Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0800. I want to welcome you uh, who are listening, wherever you're tuning in from today. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible, or if there's something going on in your life that you'd like to talk about, or if you have a prayer request, we'd love to hear from you and hopefully answer those questions and pray for you. So give us a call or text us. Again, the number to call, 303-690-3000. And always, here at the beginning of the show, is kind of the best time to get on the air. What we tend to have happen is... Uh, a lot of calls come in at the end of the show, towards 5 o'clock, um, but we have a, a good window right now uh, in the beginning of the show when usually the lines are pretty open. So give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. We want to say welcome to those of you listening in Colorado and Wyoming here on Grace FM, but we also want to say hello to everybody who's listening on our syndicated stations. We know there's so many of you who listen on the East Coast, on Hope FM, in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. Welcome to the program. We're glad that you tuned in. And we're also glad to be syndicated on Truth FM in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. Just a reminder, though, that those of you listening on the East Coast and in the area around Tennessee, you're hearing the program on a one-week delay. But we would love for you to call in, and then you'll get the chance to tune in the following week and listen to yourself on the radio. And you'll be able to hear your question then. But uh, also a big hello to everyone who listens online. We know there's so many of you who tune in live via the mobile app and the website. So that website, if you are in your browser, just go to gracefm.com. And you can listen to the show live there on the air. Just click that Listen Now button there, and you can listen in your browser. Or you can get the mobile app. I, I would encourage all of you to do that. Just uh, go to your app store for your phone and go to the search bar, type in Grace FM, and it should come right up, and then you'll be able to listen wherever you're at, even anywhere in the world. And I, I, uh, I love getting the calls from people who I know are outside of our listening range, and that's uh, it's pretty cool for all those people who call or who tune in online. So however you tuned in today, welcome to the program. Again, this is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or things going on in your life, or if you have a prayer request, we'd love to hear from you and pray for you and, and hopefully help you answer some of those questions. So give us a call or text us, 303-690-3000, or text us 720-336-0897. I am your host here every Monday on Calvary Live, and I am the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is a church here in Longmont, Colorado, where we love Jesus and we love his word and we we love the word of God. We love to study it and we love to worship. So we gather every Sunday for worship and the word and children's ministry. And um, and we we currently are studying through Paul's letter to the Romans on Sunday mornings. And uh, we like to study through the word verse by verse and uh, chapter by chapter. And so 
um, right now we are currently in Romans, and this coming Sunday we're going to be looking at Romans chapter 13. And one of the things that kind of came to my realization as I was preparing for these next couple teachings in Romans and kind of trying to go big before I went small, kind of trying to take the, the big view of the whole section, like chapters 12 through 16, before I really got into the details of the verse-by-verse -verse stuff, is that what I realize now is that what he's saying is in light of the gospel, so that's what he's told us for the first eight and, and really 11 chapters, mo mostly the first eight chapters, is that, you know, he says, here's the gospel. And he says, in light of the gospel, here's how this changes your life uh, from this day forward. And what he says essentially is that the gospel changes our relationships. So it changes, number one, our relationship with God, the way that we relate to God. No longer do we relate to God on the basis of merit or works, but we relate to him on the basis of Jesus's work on our behalf <clears throat> and that changes our relationship with him next he talks about how it changes our relationships with one another meaning other believers and then he talks about how it changes our relationship with enemies and then in chapter 13 so that's all chapter 12 but then in chapter 13 I, I was kind of wondering how do these two things tie together because first he talks about submission to authorities and then he talks about um, kind of some cultural things like what's different about Christians and the way that we live and what I realized is what he's talking about is how the gospel changes the way that we relate to society and to culture so you know first of all our interpersonal relationships he talks about and then he says well how does the gospel change the way that we relate to society and culture because now we are citizens of the heavenly kingdom but we're still living here on earth. And so how do we live as dual citizens? How do we live as citizens of heaven while we're here on earth? What should our attitude be towards culture? And what should our attitudes be towards society? Being that we are uh, called out and separate, and yet we live here on this earth, and we're called to be uh, people on a mission. God could have just taken us away out of this world as soon as we got saved, but he left us here for a reason, and that reason is that he's got a mission for us. So I'm excited about uh, teaching Romans chapter 13 uh, this coming Sunday at Whitefields. We'd love to have you join us. If you are in Longmont or any of the surrounding towns around Longmont, we would love for you to join us. Um, we meet at 10 a.m., on Sunday mornings in downtown Longmont at the St. Vrain Memorial Building, which is at 700 Longs Peak Avenue. So we're one block west of Main Street on Longs Peak Avenue in downtown Longmont. So one block west of Main Street on Longs Peak Avenue, and we're at the northwest corner, right on the northwest corner of Longs Peak and Kaufman. So we're right on the edge of Roosevelt Park, which is our city park here in Longmont. And we'd love to have you join us. Uh, check us out online. You can get directions. You can get information. You can listen to our recent messages on there. Our website is whitefieldschurch.com. So whitefields with an S, whitefieldschurch.com. And we'd love to, for you to join us. Or if you maybe you don't live in this area, but you know people who do, well, send them our way. We'd love for them to be a part of what God's doing at Whitefields. Just a great season we're in right now. I've been telling some people about that. Just It's an exciting season of health and growth. And just God's doing good things at our church. It just feels really good right now. And um, we're excited. And we'd love for other people to be a part of it. So join us. Uh, and you can also hear me every weekday here on Grace FM at 2.30 p.m. And on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. So you can tune in and hear our show here on the radio station at those times. So weekdays at 2.30, Sundays at 10 a.m. 
Let's go to our first caller, James in Boulder, Colorado. Hey, James, welcome to the program. Hi, uh, good, good afternoon. Yeah, what's up? Hey, I just uh, I had a quick question for you. I'm on the way home, and um, it, you know I've kind of been pondering it for like maybe two weeks now. Yeah. Um, my question is if is if uh, so you know the devil got like thrown out of uh, heaven in a sense mm-hmm. um, for his sin, and so my question was like, um, is there you know can the devil be saved, uh, or is that something that's like? already predetermined because God knows, uh, you know, that he's not, he doesn't want to repent or something? Yeah, James, this is a good question. I think that um, there are a few uh, issues at play here. So let's run through some of those. So first of all, I'll just give you my answer. No, I don't think that Satan can repent of his sin and be saved. Uh, second, I don't think that he would if he could, but I don't think that he can either. So let me explain why. Uh, so Satan is fallen, right? But here's maybe one of the big issues. Satan is an angel, and there's no atoning sacrifice for angels. Okay, so the sacrifice of Christ on the cross was for humans, not for angels. And that's one of the really significant reasons why God became a man, why Jesus was fully human. Because as a human, he was able to fulfill the righteous requirements of God on our behalf and then take the sacrifice on our behalf. So he suffered and died for us as a sacrificial atoning sacrifice for human beings. Um, and and okay. we don't see that kind of sacrifice taking place for angels. For angels? Yeah. Now, do, do, I mean, so... Uh... So I see what you're saying. So you're saying, you know, Jesus had came back for for us uh, specifically um, to fulfill uh, to fulfill what he came for. Now I just, uh, I mean, say, so, I mean, do you, I mean, do you think in your heart of hearts that you know if, if the devil were to say, "Hey, God, I'm sorry," that I mean, he would be, I mean, you know, I guess that uh, well, I mean, because you know, God loves uh, you know his creations, right? And uh, is it, I mean, is an angel just like a does it have feelings? I mean, is that like a soul or something? <laughs> uh, it's a good question. Sorry. I don't know if it's a soul. It's a it's a spiritual being. So it's a being. We know that a spiritual being. And um, yeah, you know, here's the here's the other thing that comes to my mind. And you know, it says in Revelation chapter twenty that the devil who deceived them, right, deceived the the people who turned from God, uh, was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. So we know that he's not going to, right? Like, cause we know the end of the story, right? Where right. we've got this revelation right. of what is to come. So we know the devil's eventual, um, eventual okay. destiny. Oh, okay. But, but here's the other thing is that, and, and here's kind of where the rubber meets the road or where the practical application comes for us as human beings is that there comes a point, the scriptures say when, when a person has committed the what's called the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, or it says, for example, in uh, Genesis chapter six, where it talks about the people in the time of Noah, and it says that God said, "My spirit will not always strive with them." And so, what that tells us, there's two things going on here. One is this: that the Spirit of God is striving with people, in other words, calling people to salvation and giving them conviction, like. In uh, John's gospel, it tells us convicting them of sin, 
righteousness and judgment. Those three things. So the fact, number one, that we are sinners. Number two, that God is righteous. And number three, that there is a judgment coming for those who are not righteous, unrighteous. So this is like what we read in Romans chapter one as well. God's righteous. We are not. And therefore a judgment is coming. And uh, and so the Holy Spirit gives this conviction to all people. And some people uh, reject the call of the Holy Spirit to um, repent of their sins. Right. And so there comes a time when God says, like with the people of um, the people in the time of Noah, where it, he's you know, wrestling with them. He sends Noah to be an evangelist and to preach repentance to them and call them to be saved. And hey, you know, get on the boat. There's room for more. And they don't. And eventually the time comes when God shuts the door of the ark and it's no longer possible for them to get onto the ark. And this is a, you know, this is something that, that, Revo that I'm sorry, that Hebrews talks about a lot. It talks about, hey, today is the day of salvation. Don't put it off because there will come a day when that opportunity for salvation is no longer available. And so I do think that is kind of where we get to with Satan as well. That apparently, uh, you know, salvation is not even a, a possibility for Satan. I, I do believe that he has committed. Well, I don't know if he committed the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit since that might be something, again, which is for humans. But it seems that salvation is not available to him. And I would just encourage all of our listeners to think of this in these terms, that as Hebrews says, today is the day of salvation. If you hear God's voice calling to you, do not harden your heart as the people did in the wilderness, because there's no guarantee of tomorrow. And there's no guarantee that, uh, that the door will always be open. So it's it should be a stark warning to us. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate that. That that really did clarify uh, some of the uh, in-depth questions there. I Yeah, you know, I fi kind of figured since uh, God had already said it, that that's what, you know, it was set in stone in a sense. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, when God says it, you know, that's, a, that's happening. <laughs> yeah, totally. Cool, James. Hey, God bless you. Thanks for the call. Yeah, thanks right. so much, guys. Um, I hope you guys have a great week. And everybody out there, I hope you guys also have a great week. Um, and thanks for taking my call. Awesome. God bless. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. Let's go to our next caller, Drew, in Fort Collins, Colorado. Hi, Drew. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor. How are you, sir? Doing well. Good. Good. Just have a quick prayer request. Sure. Excellent. I'd like to take a moment if we could pray for the persecuted church in Pakistan, please. Yeah. I see a note here that says that you have a friend who is ministering there. Yes, he's a local. His name is uh, Pastor Raza, mm -hmm. and he's been there for quite some time. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, you know, I have uh, I have known and uh, had some friends who ministered both as missionaries and locals in Pakistan, and uh, and I know that there there is some persecution. And yeah, you know, Hebrews encourages us to pray for those uh, who are in prison. But I think that also applies to those um, brothers of ours and sisters of ours around the world as Christians who are suffering persecution. You know, one of the things that we see in the Bible, too, is that God used persecution to, for the spreading of the gospel and for the church to grow stronger. You know, it's Tertullian's famous phrase that the um, blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. And so we just want to pray that God's will would be done and that he'd give perseverance and strength to those people out there. 
uh, who are suffering in the name of Jesus in, in Pakistan and other places around the world. But yeah, a tough place to serve. But you know what is incredible about Pakistan is that uh, there's actually quite a strong Christian presence in, in many cities in, pra in Pakistan, which is what a lot of people over on this side of the uh, pond don't always know. Mm -hmm. Cool. Let's do it. Let's pray for your friend who's a pastor and for the persecuted church there. Heavenly Father, we pray for the brothers and sisters of ours who are followers of Jesus in the country of Pakistan. Lord, we thank you that there is a strong witness for you in Pakistan, but we know that uh, that they often face danger. Lord, and in some ways, uh, they, they know what it means to take up their cross and follow you in ways that we might not uh, here in the West. But Lord, we pray for them that uh, you would cover them, Lord, with peace, Lord, with confidence in you. And, um, and Lord, whatever your will might be with that, we see that you used persecution, you used bad things for good in the past. And Lord, I pray that that would be the case, that when they do suffer, you would use it for bad. I'm sorry, you'd use it, those bad things for good and for your glory and for the spreading of the gospel. And Lord, we pray that you would, if it's your will, protect them, Lord, protect the children, protect the weak ones uh, who are following you over there. But Lord, we do pray in all things, may your will be done. We pray for us uh, over here on this side, Lord, that we would learn from our brothers and sisters in Pakistan, that we would learn what it means to have true conviction, because these are not just uh, fair-weather Christians. These are people who, who are um, trusting in you, even if the cost is very high. So, Lord, may we learn from them as well. And thank you that we're part of this wonderful body of Christ that spans borders, it spans all over the world. And thank you, Lord, that you are redeeming us, you're redeeming them, and that we can face everything in this life with so much confidence because of the hope of the gospel. And uh, so we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Absolutely. God bless you, Drew. Bye-bye. God bless you, brother. Bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm taking your calls and texts on the air today. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or if you have a prayer request or something going on in your life that you'd like to talk about. We'd love to hear from you. Give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Kat in, looks like, Northeast Maryland. Hi, Kat. Welcome to the program. Hi, Nick. Hey. How are you? Doing great. What's up? Um, I hope you can hear me okay. I'm calling on a Bluetooth. Um, yep. And I just happened to come across your radio show as I was going through radio channels. Um, okay. My husband and I have been married for nine and a half years, and he has filed for divorce. Mm. Um, I found out that he has had a long-standing affair mm. in our marriage, and um, I'm just I'm I'm just praying that that he comes back to our marriage and that the divorce proceedings would be dropped and that he would remember the church and the teachings that he grew up in as we both uh, were raised in the church together. But um, I just feel like he's kind of lost it. Um, okay. Just that there's there's so much more to it, and you know I'm I'm struggling with how to proceed legally with with financial matters and and court and everything else. But okay, yeah, it sounds ultimately really I just want him to come home and I want him to come back to Christ. Yeah, let's pray, Heavenly Father. I pray for Cat and I pray for her husband. Lord, I thank you just for this um, this noble desire. I believe, Lord, that it aligns with your desire and your heart. 
uh, for her husband that he would leave this adulterous relationship that he's in and that he would come back home and and not just physically and not just to his marriage but also that he'd come back home to you his true father and so lord i pray that uh truly you would do a work of transformation in his heart and lord that you really would take hold of him and we th i think of paul the apostle lord how he was going in one direction and you literally stopped him in his tracks knocked him down and gave him a whole new future and a whole new direction. Lord, I pray that that would be the case with Kat's husband. Uh, Lord, that as he's going in this direction of this adulterous affair and pursuing this and walking away from his marriage, Lord, would you, uh, by your grace, by your mercy, by your sovereign power, would you step in and just stop him and and uh, turn him around, give him a new path and a new direction that includes reconciliation. Lord, we know that that marriage is a picture of your relationship with the church and what you desire is reconciliation, that sin brings separation. So Lord, I pray for reconciliation, for healing. I pray for him to walk with you and I pray for Kat, uh, Lord, to have patience and grace and wisdom as she walks through these proceedings and all of these things going on. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, Kat, can I tell you, you a quick, so quick story that maybe will hopefully yeah. give you some, some hope in this? So I have a couple in our church, and um, they're a great couple. And I got to know their story uh, recently, and their story is that they had been married, and the husband, uh, similar to your story, had affairs, went off, and and then he, at one point, he came back. And this was many years later. He he had married that other person. The wife never stopped praying that her marriage, even though he was now married to somebody else, would one day be restored. And this man um, left that uh, woman. They they were divorced. I'm not sure who divorced who. But he ended up, after that divorce, coming back to Christ, turning back to Jesus, and then reconciling with his wife and their family was reunited and they were remarried and I got to be there for it and it was it was really awesome. So Kat, I want you to just um, seek the Lord on this and and uh, just know that, that God does things like that. Thank you. Yeah. All right. God bless you. We'll talk to you later. God bless you. Thank you so much for taking my call and for praying Absolutely. with me. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. The number to call, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Dalton in Fort Collins, Colorado. Hey, Dalton, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks. How are you doing? Doing great. What's up? Um, so, my friend asked me about the, uh, there's a parable in the Bible, it's Luke chapter 16, uh, verses 1 through 13. Yeah, very familiar um, with it. Yeah, it's about the rich man and the, um, the manager, and the, when the manager gets um, fired, he basically discounts the debts that are owed. And <clears throat> I think I kind of get the gist of it, but I was wondering if you could break it down for me, because... What I see in it is just kind of um, it's it's just kind of confusing. It kind of uh, uh, goes both ways for me, I guess. It's yeah. Almost like I feel like Jesus uh, tells us that we could go ahead and 
uh, find out that it fails, and then that will just show us that we need him type thing and we can't serve two masters, essentially. But I was yeah. wondering if you could break that down because when my friend asked me about it and after revisiting it and uh, reading it, I just, I actually got kind of confused myself. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, so. I, I taught on this and uh, you know what? If you'll give your email address to the producer after we get off the air, I'm going to, I can shoot you a link to the message I taught on it. But if anybody else out there is listening, you can go to our website, uh, so whitefieldschurch.com, and type in, um, here's the title of the message. It's called A Forward-Thinking Investment Strategy. A Forward-Thinking Investment Strategy. Just search that on our website. It'll come right up, and it's a message I taught on this. And I'll tell you what, it's actually one of my favorite parables. It is one of Jesus' di most difficult parables. And a lot of people have told me, like, I don't get it, just like you're telling me. Um, but as you really get into it, really study it, here's a few things you need to understand. I mean, at first it seems confusing because it seems like a guy just was uh, dishonest and crooked, and then he gets patted on the back and commended for it by Jesus. And that's very confusing, right? But here's the thing. Here's the first thing to know. It wasn't the man's dishonesty that Jesus was commending. It was his shrewdness. And I'll just kind of explain what I mean by shrewdness. And, and that's this, that what Jesus is commending is that this guy basically, you know, to use kind of modern terminology, we would say that he reverse engineered his life. Like he looked forward to a day in the future and then thought backwards about his life. About like, if, you know, considering my future, how sh what should I do in this moment? And what it's telling us is that that is how God wants us to live. And so there are three really important things to keep in mind that this parable tells us. Number one is that you are a steward. A steward is a manager of things that are not their own. So what that means is you and me, everything that we have, whether it's our life or whether it's our money or whether it's material things, none of them are ours truly. They all belong to God and we just get to use them or manage them. We've been entrusted with them for a time. And one day God is going to call us to account. He's going to call us to give an account of what we did with what he gave us. So that's the first thing that we need to know is that we are stewards. And 1 Corinthians 4 tells us that what's required of a steward is that we be found faithful. So we're coming up on a break. Hopefully I can uh, get through with this by the break. But if not, I might ask you to hang on. Um, okay. You know, so many people, you know, we have this idea that my money's my money, my life's my life. Nobody can tell me what to do with my body. But what the Bible is telling us here is that we are stewards, which means that my body's not really my body. It's on loan to me from God. I belong to him and I'm accountable to him for what I do with his things. And so um, it means that I'm not autonomous. So I'm a steward. Okay, so that's that's the first thing there. Um, here, here's another one. Um, think about your next station. So number one, you are a steward. Number two, this parable is telling us to think about your next station and use your present position to prepare for your future certainty. So use your present position to prepare for your future certainty. And here's what he says in that parable in verse 8 of Luke 16. He says, uh, the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. So he, what he's saying is that believers, he's calling the sons of light, not believers, he's calling the sons of this world. So he's saying that people of this world are tend to tend to be better um, in forward thinking than the than the sons of light. Like we should, in other words, we could all learn a few things spiritually from the business world. 
That's, that's really all this is coming down to. When it comes to money and business, people are savvy, they're bold, they're forward thinking, they make plans. But a lot of us don't do that when it comes to our souls and our, our lives and our souls, which are infinitely more important than money and business. So I, I have to go to break right now, but I can continue this. And, and if you'd prefer for me to continue without you on the line, that's fine too. Uh, otherwise, I'm going to ask you to hold. So okay. we're, we're going to break right now. Uh, you're listening to Calvary Live. We have all full lines right now, but you can still text us at 720-336-0897. Uh, my name is Nick Cady, and we will be back in two minutes' time with the second half of Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or things going on in your life, or if you have a prayer request, we'd love to hear from you. The number to call, 303-690-3000. All our lines are full right now, but uh, just keep, uh, when you hear somebody drop off, then that's the time when you can call in. The uh, text line, if you'd like to text us instead, 720-336-0897. And while I've got you, let me just take the opportunity to invite those of you who are in or around the Longmont, Colorado area. Join us on Sunday morning at the church where I pastor. It's called Whitefields Community Church. We would love to have you. Our website is whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. You can find out times of services, directions, all that good stuff. And we'd love to worship with you on Sunday morning. Let's go back to our caller, Dalton, who is holding from Fort Collins. Hi, Dalton. Hello. Hey, thanks for holding. So, uh, so I was I was just kind of running you through this parable and what it, what we can learn through it. So, uh, the last thing I said, you were asking about the parable of the shrewd steward, or it's also called the parable of the dishonest steward. And it's a very confusing parable because it seems that Jesus is commending a guy who did something which was unethical and immoral, and yet Jesus seems to say that uh, paint him in a good light. And why is that? And so what, what we've been saying is that essentially what Jesus is talking about is understanding a couple things. Number one, that we are stewards, that we don't actually own anything, that everything we have is from God, and one day God's going to ask us to give account of it. Number two, that we as Christians, we could learn some things spiritually from what the business world does with business. And so um, just as people in business, they are savvy, they are bold, they make plans, they think ahead. We ought to do that same thing with our souls. And uh, yeah, in business, you think ahead, you set goals, you prepare for the future, and we should be doing those same things in our spiritual lives. And mm -hmm. um, Jesus said, for example, in Matthew 16, he said, what does it benefit a person if they gain the whole world but lose their own soul? And, um, and then the last thing, that I would say that that parable teaches us is this, that we should use our present resources for eternal purposes. So we should invest according to our future. Mm 
And, you know, First Timothy 6 says, We brought nothing into the world. We can take nothing out of it. Matthew, Jesus said, Matthew 6, Jesus said, Do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moth and rust don't destroy and thieves don't break in and steal. And uh, the producer here of the show, Kevin, he sent me this quote from Bon Jovi, you know. Uh, I actually won, I won a karaoke competition singing this song. <laughs> and, it, you know, it's, uh, it's my life, it's now or never. I ain't going to live forever. Right. I just want to live while I'm alive. Well, okay, so here's what I would say. From a spiritual perspective, um, you know, as Christians, this life is the worst it's ever going to be. And if you're not a Christian, then what Bon Jovi said might be true. This life is the best it's ever going to be. So, you know, live while you're alive. But as Christians, we think beyond this life. We would say that uh, a person's death is, in a way, a myth. You don't die. You just live forever in a different place, whether in heaven or hell. But make sure that you don't miss that and that you do make sure you do spend eternity in heaven. So I hope that answers your um, question. Does that make sense? Do you have yeah. any further questions? Anything else I could maybe help you understand on that? Yeah, so uh, basically when he says that, because um, where I was getting most confused is just like you said, how Jesus kind of commends it. Um, and so it almost sounded like uh, we kind of, I don't know, we kind of, let me just ask the question because I don't know how to really word my thoughts right now. But, sure. Um, so by the manager basically giving a discount to all these people that were in debt to this rich man, he was basically looking out for uh, the good of the people rather than this kind of wicked rich person, um, even though he was being dishonest, correct? And, and that's kind of how he was being a, a good steward of sorts? Um. Okay, so a couple things on that. I, so I don't totally agree with what you said in a couple senses. Okay. Number one, we're never actually told that the boss is a bad boss. In fact, what we're told is that the manager is the bad manager. So okay. the boss is not evil, and and this guy is definitely not Robin Hood, right? Like he's not the righteous guy who's taking from the unrighteous rich guy. Um I think the really the key in understanding this is that Jesus is teaching a spiritual principle and he's using a material example. So he's saying just okay. as this guy did this thing and what he did was wrong, but that attitude is like Jesus is like I want to see you guys have that same attitude when it comes to spiritual things, when it comes to eternity and when it comes to your soul. Uh -huh. He's like like he's like basically saying this Hey, imagine that you just got laid off and, you know, but you have eight hours left at work. What are you going to do with that eight hours? And he's saying, that's your life. That's what your life is like. At the end of the day, you're going to die, right? And that's like, you're going right. to be fired. At the end of the day, you're going to be fired from life, which means you're going to die. What are you going to do with the time that you got left? Think about this guy. He just got fired, but he's got eight hours left on the job, and he's going to take those last eight hours, and he's going to use them for the absolute, like, he's going to dial down, and he's going to use them so that those last eight hours, he can use what he still has while he's in the job for the other side, beyond firing, for his life after death, so to say. 
And that's the whole point of the parable, that your life is on the clock. You've only got a little bit more time. What are you going to do with what you've got left while you're still here? And use the things that you have and be diligent about it and do everything you can to prepare for the next life. Yeah. So, I no. mean, what I learn uh, or hear a little bit out of what you just said there, um, I obviously, it's in store to the next life, um, but could it also be, like, in our, our lives, too, is just the attitude of not, when something bad happens to us, not necessarily breaking down, we just kind of, we keep going, too? Or is it just strictly the spiritual uh, investment of sorts? Yeah, I think that this is not advice about how to do money. This is definitely advice about what to do with your soul. And I think it's really just comes down to that. Yeah, it's it's live your life now in light of the fact that you are going to die physically, but you are going to live eternally, either in heaven or hell, and live your life now for the short time you've got left in light of that. I think that's that's really all the parable comes down to. And it says be be faithful with what you've given. You're a steward. So I think that's it. Yeah, and you know that might apply to difficulties that you face. That you keep in mind that this life is very short. Eternal life is coming, and live diligently as a person who keeps their eyes on the fact that you will. Uh, there is another life coming, and you need to prepare for it. Cool. Hey, I'm gonna let you go because I've got other callers. And um, uh, thank you for the call. I love talking about that parable, so I really enjoyed uh, chatting with you, and hopefully some of our listeners benefited from it as well. God bless you. You're listening to Calvary Live. We've got one open line, the number to call, 303-690-3000. And let's go to our next caller. I'm just going to check who that is. Looks like Daniel in North Glen, Colorado. Hi, Daniel. Welcome to the program. Well, hello, hello. Hey. Hi. Uh, my my question is more of a... Well, I'm just curious on, on the, the whole... In Psalm 68, um, the Father's, our Father in Heaven's name is Yah, or Yah, Yahweh. Okay. And, and in John 5, 43, uh, his son, our Messiah, had, was talking to the Pharisees, saying, well, you guys don't receive me, and I, and I come in my Father's name, which his Father's name is Yah, and his name is Yahshua. And but there's another person that's coming in his name. He comes in his own name, but him you will receive. And I'm curious if that name would be Jesus, as Jesus, the name Jesus didn't even come around until the J was invented in the six six hundred seven. You know seven. Yeah. So here's the thing. So Yah or Yahweh, right? So the name that God gave His people was. Yahweh. So I'm looking at Psalm 68, and I'm I'm not seeing any place, for example, where it says that God's name is Yah and not Yahweh. But I, I think it's kind of beside the point. I, the root word is the same, Yahweh, and it, it that word refers to God as being the eternal being, the one who is, uh, the one who, uh, the one who was, is, and always will be, the eternal uh, is or the eternal being. That's what the word refers to. That's what the name refers to. Now, Jesus' name in Hebrew was Yeshua. Now, Jesus is really just the English pronunciation of of Yeshua. Um, or really, it's an English pronunciation of the Greek form of the Hebrew name 
Joshua. So the Hebrew name Joshua and Jesus are the same name. It's the name Yeshua. It's both the name Joshua and Jesus. Now, the reason why we say Jesus and not Joshua is because then that name was pronounced by the Greeks. You know that the Hebrews also, because of Hellenization and the, you know, after Alexander the Great, uh, a lot of Jewish people spoke Greek and so they created a Greek uh, Old Testament translation of the Old Testament called the Septuagint. And in there, uh, the name Yeshua, Joshua, was um, pronounced as Isus. And so then from there, we get Isus becomes Jesus because that I or Ya in English is pronounced as a Ja. But I mean, if you look at other languages, um, you know, I, I lived in Hungary for 10 years and over there Jesus is pronounced Jesus, right? So it's a ye, it's just like Yeshua. And and you think of Russian it's pronounced, you know, Isus, also the same. And and so really this is uh this idea of the name is is almost a bit arbitrary. It's something that changes in languages. So we have Yahweh, Yeshua, which the root word Yah is found in the name Yeshua. And it comes from the idea of um, it. What it means is that God saves. God saves. Yahweh saves. That's what that name means. That's why it's so significant in Matthew chapter one, verse twenty-one, when the angel tells uh, Mary what she's to name the baby, and she sa he says to her, uh, or actually, does he say it to Joseph? I'll have to check. But the angel gives the name to. He says, "You shall name him Jesus." Sorry, it's Joseph. He says it to Joseph, and he says, "You shall name him Jesus, because he will take away the sins of the people." And that's the whole idea. He will. Oh no, I'm sorry. He says he will save his people from their sins, and that whole idea. You shall name him God saves. Yeshua, or Yahweh saves Yeshua because he will save his people from their sins, meaning God. And so there's even an allusion to Jesus' deity there in um, the name Jesus and what it means and what the angel's saying. So I hope, I hope that answers your question. Um, yeah, so Jesus is Yeshua. It's just That's just our English pronunciation of his name. If you prefer to call him Yeshua, you can. Um, you know, he... The the great thing about Jesus is remember this that Jesus existed from eternity past as God, so before he was born, before he was known as Jesus or as Yeshua, he existed from eternity past and he will exist into eternity future. He is the uh, second person of the Trinity. He is the divine Son, and so um, his name, you know, it's kind of like. Well, you have to have a name so that people know what to call you. And uh, that just happens to be his name. Now, whether we pronounce that in English or Russian, Hungarian, or Hebrew, I think is a little bit beside the point. So I hope that answers your question, Daniel. Thanks for calling in. The power is in the name, but the name refers to identity. Okay, so the when it says the power is in the name, the name refers to identity and authority. So if you go into the office, uh, whatever office, let's say you go into a public office and you, I send you to go in my name, uh, the power isn't in the, the actual name that I have. The power is in the identity which that name represents.
So I hope that makes that very clear, Daniel. So thanks for your call, and God bless you. This is Calvary Live. You're listening to Pastor Nick Katie. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts on the air. This is a show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible, um, things going on in your life, or if you have a prayer request, we'd love to hear from you and talk with you. The number to call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us, 720-336-0897. Let's go to Zondra in Glendale, Colorado. Hi, Sandra, welcome to the program. Sandra, are you there? Okay, let's go to our next caller. Uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce this one. It's uh, someone in New Jersey. Hi there. Welcome to the program. Welcome. How are you? Great. How do you pronounce your name? Araceli. Araceli. Okay, got it. Cool. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you. What's up? Okay, my question is, um, I've been fasting for 21 days now, from morning to evening or afternoon. Um, I know I repented, um, and I've been seeking God, but in these 21 days, a lot of the things that I did in the past are coming back to me, like, about my sister, something I did to her, and it was wrong, and she doesn't know about it. Do I have to go and confess it and ask her for forgiveness? Do you have to? Um, I yes. Don't, I don't know. I think you ought to. <laughs> so uh, do, you, do you desire to? Um, I'm kind of embarrassed, you know, but um, I, 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 I just been wrestling with this because... Um, you know, once you come to God and you ask for forgiveness, doesn't it say that everything goes to the bottom of the sea? But my thing is, why do I keep on thinking about all that stuff? Is yeah. it because I have to then ask for forgiveness? Yeah, I don't really want to. Okay. Can I ask, so you said, I'm just curious why you don't want to. So I'm trying to remember, you said that it was a little bit embarrassing, perhaps? Yeah. Okay, well, you know, I really want to encourage you to do it in that case. If that's the reason, then I uh -huh. think that's all the more reason why you needed to. And uh, and I'll just say this, that, um, see, this is the thing that the gospel does. And I, I just taught on this yesterday. It was so, so encouraging from Romans chapter 12. And here's what the gospel does is that it humbles us on the one hand, but it mm -hmm. gives us confidence on the other hand. So, it uh, it humbles us, but in a really healthy, good way, not in not in an embarrassing, humiliating way. Mm -hmm. And so I would just encourage you to go to your sister. And I'll tell you what, you know what, when you do that, when you go and you confess your sins. Yes. I tell you what, your sister is probably going to engender her to you or endear her to you more than anything else. I'll tell you, there's nothing more attractive than a humble person. And so when you go to your sister and you say, hey, you know what? I realize that I've done some things and I just want to tell you that I'm sorry. And you know what? If she chooses to forgive you or not is kind of up to her. Mm -hmm. But you going to her and confessing your sins. You know, the Bible does say that. Let us confess our sins one to another. And um, you're right that you your sins have been dealt with by Jesus and they've been taken to the they've been you know, they're like at the bottom of the sea. He has forgiven them. He's not holding them against you. But here's mm -hmm. the thing that our sins also still create issues in our lives, right? Like mm -hmm. that go on, even if God forgives us and his desire. And ultimately, 
you know, what we would say in theological terms is that the eschatological purpose, which means the end game for all things is reconciliation. That's what God's done for us in Jesus on the cross. And, and we get to live out some of that as people in his kingdom even now. And so we get to be, Second Corinthians 5 says, we get to be part of his ministry of reconciliation, reconciling people who've been broken by sin and reconciling people to God. So I would just, I think it's also a powerful testimony for her to see the work of God in your life, that the work of God is not making you proud, but it's actually making you humble. humble. And uh, I think that's going to be very powerful for her. And I think it's going to be a really good exercise for you. Amen. Okay. Okay, thank you then. God bless you. Yeah, thanks for calling in. God bless you. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. We've got 10 minutes left in the show and two open lines. You can call us at 303-690-3000 or text us 720-336-0897. Let's go to Katie in northern Colorado. Hi, Katie. Welcome to the program. Hi. Hi, how are you today? Doing great. What's up? How are you today? Oh, yeah, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing all right. Okay. Um, so I just had a prayer request. My older sister, she's pregnant with what's going to be her second child. Um, okay. Following a very bad miscarriage, though. So I just was mm. hoping we could just pray for her to have a safe and healthy pregnancy and that you know all just goes really, really well for her. Yeah, let's do it. Heavenly Father, we pray for Katie and her older sister. Lord, so so sorry our hearts break for her over the miscarriage. We know, Lord, you didn't make us for that. Uh, you didn't. Uh, you designed us in a different way, and you desired us to be in a different way. We know these are the results of being fallen and broken. But Lord, we pray for this this current uh, pregnancy. Lord, that you would protect this little baby, that you would keep this baby safe, um, and Lord, we pray that you would protect Katie's sister. And, Lord, we pray that you'd also give her just so much peace during this pregnancy that her mind wouldn't be full of anxiety as she thinks about the last pregnancy that ended in miscarriage. Lord, we just pray for so much peace and so much strength for her and the family as they go through this, that you'd be with them and they'd sense your presence. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You bet. God bless you. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Coming up on the end of the show, but let's go to Nelson in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Hi, Nelson. Welcome to the program. All right. How are you? Doing great. What's up? Yeah, I am. Uh, I come from Haiti, mm-hmm. outside the city, you know, called the Park. Okay. And we have a. We have a. You know, I have a land over there, a piece of land over there, and I am not a pastor. I'm just, uh, you know, um, just a simple man and try to see if it's possible we can have missionary or if you want, if your church have missionary over there, we have the land already to provide and we have the people. We need some people to can exempt the people from doing bad stuff like voodoo and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I wish to see somebody come in and preach the Bible to them. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. So Nelson, I'll tell you a few things. So our church did have um, a few years ago, we did some work near Port-au-Prince. We were, um, man, I can't remember the exact city. It was north of Port-au-Prince in Haiti. And um, that was really a, a great ministry. They were training local people and giving them job skills as well as they had an orphanage and um, supporting local churches. And so I know that there is a lot of missionary activity in Haiti. And um, we currently don't have anything down there. We do have some connections and some people in Port-au-Prince and in other areas around there. Again, I'm going to ask you to give your email address to the producer after we get off the phone here. And um, and then I'm going to see what I can send you. But maybe there's some of our listeners, too, who know of really great ministries in Haiti that we could um, that we could plug you in with because uh, we'd love to see you go and minister to your home country and to your people and to bring them good solid teaching uh, from the Bible. So um, maybe if there's some of our listeners just text us 720-336-0897 if you have a lead okay. on some good ministry in Haiti and I'm going to ask Nelson for you to give your email address to the producer and then hopefully we can connect you with some some good ministries. But I see also you had a question about um, yes, I have women as pastors. Yeah. Okay. What happened is I was listening to uh, 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 TBN and stuff like that, and I see I saw that some women, a couple women preaching the. Uh, preaching, uh, deliver the sermon in, you know, uh, life. I just want to know. I remember I see something, I saw something like a Timothy 2 or Timothy 1, mm -hmm. say women not supposed to to teach, to, to, to preach the gospel. Is it, and I feel like I'm scared to listen to them. Is it okay not to listen to them or no? Yeah, you know, I think you're going to be okay to listen to them. First of all, I want to say a few things on that. It doesn't. It definitely does not say that women should not preach the gospel, number one. It definitely does not say that. So any of you ladies out there listening, we encourage you to preach the gospel. Um, okay. And, and so, but here's what it does say in 1 Timothy chapter 3. It talks about the role of uh, elder or overseer, which is yes. essentially the role of pastor. This is the... Uh, overseeing. So a pastor is an elder, according to um, these definitions that are given in the New Testament of different roles in the church, particularly, excuse me, First Timothy chapter three. And yeah. um, and it says there that that office is um, is reserved for men. And this is um, it gets to a matter of God's design and not a matter yeah. of ability. So I, I know that there are very many. Uh, qualified and um, and and good uh, Bible teachers who are women. And, you know, I'm involved with a group called the Expositors Collective, and we open that up to men and women because we do want to equip women to teach uh, the Bible and to do it well and to preach the gospel. So I, I think you're okay listening to them. I think that what's really important here in First Timothy 3 is when it comes into leadership of the church and who is to be the um the elders in the church okay what happened if 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 the missionary come into my you know some people still don't understand exactly 
this this see that same way I do. I see it if like you have a, your missionary come in and they they go a woman go behind the uh, the pulpit and start to preach the gospel. You think the people feel like I, I saw that happen before. They don't. They, they say you know it's no no no. Put the young man or whatever. Put the man or whatever. Yeah, it's the young man. I, I you do know, think, and, and they, they don't want to uh, uh, women to preach. Is it? That's what I'm trying to see if we yeah. can bring that back. So you know, the the goal here is to understand what is the difference, different designations and boundaries that the Bible gives for leadership in the church. Now, can a woman have a role of um, being, let's say? What was a good example? Evangelist, like you're talking about missionaries. Uh, absolutely. You know, I met my wife. We were in Hungary, and she was um, serving as a missionary. I was serving as a missionary. We were serving together, and uh, she was an excellent evangelist, and and uh, and it was great to see God use her in that way. So, so I do think that that is um, that is possible. So, um, thank you for your call. We are coming up on the last minute of our show, so okay. I'm going to let you go. But God bless you, and uh, I hope that some people will help us connect you with some ministry in Haiti. All right, God bless you. Thank you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Uh, we are within the last 60 seconds of our show, so I'm going to sign off for today. Thank you for your calls and texts, and uh, tune in every weekday from 4 to 5 p.m. for Calvary Live. Again, this is a show where you call in with your questions about the Bible, prayer requests, things going on in your life. We look forward to answering those. I will be with you again on Thursday. Until then, have a great evening and God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.